Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Exact Nature's all-natural CBD-based products are specially formulated to help you lighten the load in recovery, be it with addictive cravings, depression and anxiety, or improving sleep. Founded and run by a father-son team, both in recovery, this issue is personal for them. Learn more at exactnature.com, and as a listener of the Sobriety Diaries, use the code TSD20 to receive a 20% discount at purchase. Again, TSD20 at exactnature.com. Community is the biggest thing. Like, find your sober tribe people who will support you, other people in recovery, or just people who are there for you. Like my sister, I used to call her all the time when I had a craving and she's not in recovery, but she's there for me. Like having those solid people there who you can call and cry to and will help you through it. That's so key. Happy Sober Day, friends. Welcome to the Sobriety Diaries. My name is Nate. I am a grateful recovering alcoholic seven years from my last drink. The Sobriety Diaries is a video podcast where we share powerful stories of recovery told by those who lived them. Check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com for all things podcast related. And for all our video interviews, head over to youtube.com slash Nate Kelly. Also, please share this podcast with just one person in your life who may still be struggling. You just never know what they may need to hear today. Recovery is possible. Happy Sober Day, friends. Thank you so much for coming back for season three. I can't believe I'm saying that. Season three, episode 66. We have 65 amazing episodes in our library and have been able to share at least 65 stories of addiction and recovery and hopefully have helped at minimum the same number of people. I am so grateful for each and every one of you listening. I am here in my hometown of Toronto, Ohio, which is a tiny river town of about probably 5,000 people now. I graduated with, I think, about 65 or 70 kids in my class, so very small town. Uh, if you've heard my, my story before, it's kind of, you know, the thing to do in high school was drink, and that's where my story started. Uh, my sister and I took a road trip in our back here visiting my dad for the weekend. And I threw my microphone in my backpack and and thought it would be a good spot to reflect not only on my own recovery journey as I approach my seven-year anniversary. By the time this airs, I will have celebrated on October 10th, seven years. 
since my last drink, and that is absurd to me. We often hear people say, if you would have told me one year ago that X, Y, and Z, or if you would have said that seven years from now, but that truly couldn't describe my situation better. If you would have told me seven years ago that I could walk through life without alcohol as a crutch and without alcohol serving as my main priority and my main motivator in life, I would not have believed it. I didn't believe in myself that much to even admit it and start on the on the journey to to erase that. Like I said, I am here in my hometown in the backyard of the house that I grew up in and it's kind of surreal. I don't make it back home that often. So when I do, I try to really be present and really take it all in and my dad has done some renovations recently and just looking at different things that I haven't seen in probably 30 years. And, you know, my name was written on the wall in the garage and there were marks of, you know, my height as I grew. And it really helps me to, to really understand what is important in really being able to refocus on the things and the people in my life that matter. And I think if you have the opportunity to do something similar, or if you have in the past, really try to be present and use that time to focus on what's important to you. So, and to be able to recommit my focus to this community and to continue to tell stories of hope, stories of strength, incredible stories of recovery told by those who live them. So I wanted to kick today's episode off with a little reflection on where we are and where we've come as a podcast and as the Sobriety Diaries community and where we're going and what we have in store for you. Like I said, both as a podcast and as a community. So I wanted to open episode 66 Wow, which is the first episode of season three with a bit of reflection. And then we will jump into our guest today, the rehab Barbie herself, Claire Comai. But first, I have been reflecting a lot as we continue with supporting each other in this beautiful community. So as I reflect on two main components of my sobriety over the last seven years. Uh, One of them, and I think probably the most important one, would be community. Now, I've talked a lot about starting my recovery journey within the rooms of a 12-step program, and it truly was the best way to start 
my recovery because I knew nothing about sobriety or nothing about living a better life. So being introduced to those principles was something that really helped to kickstart the sobriety journey for me and was invaluable. Now, with that being said, I am not in the rooms as much as I used to be and don't necessarily practice the principles of of AA on a daily basis. Uh, but that is not to say that I don't respect that program tremendously and still read the literature and still am in contact with most of the people that I met within the rooms. And, you know, that brings me to the community piece of things and really just surrounding myself with those who are in recovery as well and those who understand the struggle and understand not only the principles that make it easier on a day-to-day basis, one day at a time, but also the goals and steps that we take and not necessarily in a 12-step way, but the steps that we can take to ease those triggers and ease those negative thoughts and help to set our mind more at peace. Those principles and those steps that I learned in the rooms are are something that I definitely still use on a daily basis and recommend to not only those who are new to sobriety, but you know, those who may have some time under their belt, but um, you know, are going through a, a difficult time. There are definitely still ups and downs to recovery and, and definitely still ups and downs to my recovery coming up on seven years, and I anticipate that it will, you know, continue to to be that way forever. It's life. Life is still happening around me. And the good part is, is, you know, I can be a participant now in life. The other thing I wanted to touch on was prayer and meditation. And that is something that I never thought would be a regular practice in my life. And prior to, you know, learning about a 12-step program, didn't really even know was involved or had any part in sobriety and recovery. So that initial um, sort of surprise um, definitely took some getting used to and uh, some time to sort of settle into and not be awkward and uncomfortable. But once I started seeing results from prayer and meditation, and once I started realizing the impact that, you know, it could have not only on on my life, but others around me, uh, it was just too powerful to deny. So I think more so now meditation is something that I utilize just to be able to reset and to be able to calm my mind and erase things that are causing stress and erase things that 
are are noisy and contributing negatively to my peace and stability and move toward the more stable and peaceful thoughts and actions and just taking that sometimes it's five minutes sometimes it's 20 30 Uh, but i do commit to taking time each day to make sure uh, that i meditate and have the time to do those things it's important for me Let's open the diary on the rehab Barbie herself, Claire Komai. Hey, Claire, how are you today? Hey, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm great, thank you. You're coming to us from Brooklyn, right? Yes, that's right. How exciting. And I was just saying, I love your artwork behind you. It's uh, very on brand. (laughs) Yeah. So if you check the podcast out on YouTube, you can see what we're talking about. A little rehab Barbie, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I had these huge frames and I was like, what else to put in them other than a Barbie mugshot? I mean, of course. (laughs) I like to start with asking when was your last drink or drug and why was it that day in particular? Well, my last drink was on July 3rd, 2019, um, because I, I was, I had agreed, you know, I had reached a group with my family, like it was time to get help. And I was to start going to meetings and working with the sober coach. And so, um, I had a sad little last hurrah before that. Yeah. So this was sort of a last day planned thing that you had decided on with your family? My family kind of intervened and uh, I, you know, made that decision to really give sobriety a try and treatment a try. Um, And up until, you know, my start date of my new sobriety, I was, I was drinking. Yeah. Had you had any attempts at sobriety prior to that? Yeah. I mean, my parents first told me they thought I should go to AA when I was, um, I want to say high school. It was definitely high school, if not younger. Um, That was the first time I went to an AA meeting, but uh, I just wasn't ready at that point. Um, And I had, I mean, all throughout college, I saw a therapist but she really just helped me control my drinking um and I don't know I I I always I knew I had a problem for a long time before I stopped uh but this was this was the first time I was actually like ready to and still pretty young at at 24 I mean that is you know relatively speaking in in sort of the recovery world that's that's still pretty young you got your life ahead of you girl yeah, I know because I was like going in, you know, at first I was like, this is so unfair. Like yeah. everyone else here had like 10 more years to drink. And I got there and everyone said to me, oh my God, like I wish I had come in at 24. Yeah. And like, you're so lucky. So do you feel that gratitude now that you, oh my God, yeah, have less wasted years than perhaps some of the rest of us? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, so grateful for that. And I think uh, 
just, you know, the nature of addiction, like the longer that you drink and the more time that your brain has to deal with addiction and has that much substance in it, uh, the harder it can be, um, to pull yourself out of it. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. I'm grateful that your story brought us here today together. So I kind of like to, you know, invite you to start where you want to start and give us a bit of, you know, your backstory. And, and, you know, if that starts at childhood, that's cool. If it starts at, at high school or college, that's cool. But sort of let's talk about the addiction path and what led us to that day in July in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, uh, I started drinking in, you know, I was like 13, 14 and my alcoholic tendencies, they didn't have really much of a ramping up period. I mean, of course they did get worse as it progressed, but pretty much from the get go, I was, uh, drinking alcoholically. Um, I, didn't really have much of a period where I was like drinking as like a normal drinker, or a moderate drinker, like right away. It was just crazy. Um, and that's all I'd ever known. And that's how I thought everybody reacted to alcohol. Um, you know, I thought everyone just, I don't know. I remember, you know, my sister was like, why are you like writing tally marks on your hand? And I'm like, I'm counting my drinks. Like, don't you do that? And she's like, no <laughs> like the rest of us <laughs> yeah um so I went to high school I went to college I went to college in in Montreal um where they have a younger drinking age and yeah. um you know it's it's uh the school I went to was very academic but it Montreal is a party city yeah <laughs> um so I was you know I I've partied a lot uh and I was, my family's back in the States and I was in Canada. So I was kind of able to like keep how far it had gone from them. Um, it was in college, I, you know, I studied psychology and neuroscience and we learned about substance use disorder and addiction and all of that. And I mean, I was like a sophomore or junior and I realized, you know, like I clearly have like substance use disorder they have this checklist that's like you know if you check like two or three out of 20 things then you probably have something like that (laughs) yeah Yeah, right like I blew that out of the water of course (laughs) you're like I'm gonna pass this test yeah yeah (laughs) yeah I like took it and I'm like waiting for results it's online I'm like it's probably gonna be like moderate and it was like seek help now (laughs) that was college um and then when I graduated I moved back home to the states I was in New York um and I have a really, really close-knit family. I'm the oldest of four. I'm really close to my parents, really close to my siblings. And that was the point when they stepped in and said to me, like, you, you're drinking too much and you need to, you need to get help. You need to stop. Um, and, you know, as I said, like, I, I knew that I was drinking too much and that was the push that I needed to start to make a serious attempt at sobriety. Um, I went to AA, 
I worked with a therapist and a sober coach. Um, I did every suggestion. Uh, and to be honest, I didn't think I, I really did want to stop. I really wanted it to work, uh, but I didn't think it would. I really thought there was no way. Um, but I was like, I'll just do it for six months, keep people happy. Six months, I'm like feeling good. So I'm like, okay, I can push it to a year. Yeah. Um, and now here we are like over three years later and it's changed my life. One of the biggest hurdles in starting a podcast can be the overwhelming thought of all of the technology. Let me tell you, don't let it stop you, especially in the beautiful online recovery space. We could really save lives. So if you have a message that you want to share and a story that you want to tell, the Podcast Host Academy can help you get there. Inside the Podcast Host Academy, you'll find courses on everything from equipment, software and editing, to presentation skills and vocal warm-ups. Click the link in today's show notes for an additional 15% off your subscription to the Podcast Host Academy and alitu.com. That is alitu, A-L-I-T-U dot com. I like to talk about no matter how we get there or how the journey starts, uh, because we're coming up on October, which is, you know, traditionally there's a sober October or like dry July. And, you know, sometimes people look down on these challenges or these uh, sort of gimmicky things that get people to stop drinking. But it's like whatever it takes, if it's a challenge, if it's a one month, if it's one day at a time. Um, but like you said, I hear a lot of stories where it's like, let me just try to get these people off my back for a couple of months and then we'll see how it goes from there. But, and now, you know, here we are over three years later. Wow. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. I think, you know, there's all different paths that people take to sobriety and, and whatever works for you. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm curious in studying psychology and substance use disorder uh, versus uh, alcoholism, which was classified as a disease and in the uh, you know medical journals, and now we're sort of shifting toward this new terminology with substance use disorder. What are your thoughts on that and how they are sort of separate from one another? Uh, did you identify with one versus the other? Yeah. So I'm like really big on the neuroscience uh, of addiction. That was a huge part of my recovery. And, and, you know, like we were saying, there are different paths and people have different beliefs. But for me, uh, you'll hear people say in AA, like, I don't, you don't have a drinking problem. You have a thinking problem. And to me, that was like, well, then I just, I fix my thinking problem. I should be able to drink. And I was, you know, I talked to my sponsor, I talked to my server coach about some of these concerns and, and they kind of turned me on to, to the more scientific side of it. Um, I really delved into, I started with this book called Under the Influence. That's, uh, it's, I mean, it's like a textbook really, but yeah. it talks about the brain and liver enzymes and all these different parts of the body and how in an addict, uh, the liver enzymes actually respond differently to alcohol and the brain 
processes alcohol differently. And it's so much research. Um, that for me really helped me on my path because, you know, to have that, like, this is scientific proof that you're, my body, my brain processes alcohol differently. Like I can't meditate that away, which, you know, obviously I hoped, but uh, it definitely got me to the point where I was like, yeah, you got to stop. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I think, uh, especially with this, you know, sort of younger generation of uh, individuals who are finding recovery through online means now in this beautiful recovery community that we can find on Instagram and TikTok now, uh, where it's not, you know, the, the rooms of a 12-step program aren't, aren't the only way to treat addictions now. I think it's just beautiful, the different opportunities that have opened up because of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's amazing. People are so warm and receptive and ready to connect. Uh, we actually, on the Rehab Barbie page, we have a community page in there. You know, we'll just post people on TikTok sharing mocktail recipes or new like sober groups you can join. It's really cool what's out there. Yeah. So let's talk about Rehab Barbie. Once you felt secure in your recovery and sort of the fog had lifted, where did your uh, motivation or ideas to want to help other people come from? Yeah. So I've always been uh, really into fashion and, and design. And then um, when I got sober, I had a you know, a lot more free time, uh, a lot more energy. I was like getting good amount of sleep most nights. So uh, I really kind of delved headfirst into this project. I just started making bracelets for like me and my friends and like a uh, woman who I was in AA with and these kind of like fun recovery themed bracelets and people really loved them. Uh, and then and they're fun, you know? Uh, so I just kind of went with that and it got to the point where someone was like, oh, you should sell these. So that was kind of where Rehab Barbie was born out of. And I don't, my sponsor always says like to use your power of addiction for good because uh, like I can get addicted to alcohol. I also am like very addicted to designing bracelets like I just like work and work and work on oh, them until it. it's perfect it's it's fun so tell people where they can find you online and let's talk a bit I'm looking at your uh sort of fashion side of things and set design and and there's definitely a, a social media uh influence side to your brand as well so uh let's let's chat about that a little bit yeah. Uh, so we're at rehabbarbie.com and you'll find our socials link there, but it's at Rehab Barbie Studio. We're on Instagram and TikTok. So do you have a team of people that are helping or what's what's a, a typical day maybe at the studio or at home with, with design look like for you? Uh, we have a very small team. So it's me. I have uh, one woman who helps me with PR and social media, Lacey. She's amazing. And then my business partner, th and these are both people I met in recovery. Uh, 
degree, which I think is really cool. They're both uh, recover, you know, in recovery as well. Um, my business partner, uh, who handles, he's a lawyer. So he handles the legal side and more the finance side. Yeah. All the stuff I've (laughs) (laughs) known, everything I like no idea about. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's every day is different. There's like so much work. Like I've never worked this much in my life, but uh, I really love the brand. I believe in the message and and I really enjoy it. So I, you know, I don't mind <laughs> working yeah. all the time. It's, right. it's yeah, I like it. It doesn't feel like work, right? When you have something right. that you're so passionate about, the days and the hours seem to fly by, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what are a few takeaway items that you would offer our listeners, um, let's say if they are new to recovery or looking for some resources, maybe to reinvigorate um, their recovery, what are some takeaway or tangible things that you would offer our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say community is the biggest thing. Like find your sober tribe people who will support you, other people in recovery, or just people who are there for you. Like my sister is, you know, I'll call her all the, I used to call her all the time when I had a craving and she's not in recovery, but she's there for me. Like having those solid people there who you can call and cry to and will help you through it. That's so key. Uh, And there's so many ways to find those people. I mean, of course we have AA, there's uh, so many other recovery groups and then as we were saying before like the online uh aspect of it instagram tiktok so many people and i promise you if you reach out to anybody who is in that tribe who's in recovery and say i'm struggling they will help you out like they will respond to you i get some messages like that and you know, that's what's so special about the sober community. Like we're all there for each other. Uh, definitely check out the community page if you want to know where to get started. You yeah. can find some great people. Uh, but that's what I would say. You got to find your tribe. That's so true. I like to say, you know, I've yet to find someone in recovery who, um, you know, gets asked for help and they say, Meh, I don't I don't really need <laughs> help today. Like I've yet to see that happen. So yeah. it can you know, there's definitely some vulnerability and and you do have to put your guard down and take that first step. But uh, to your point, there are open arms uh, on the other side of it that are willing to help and that most times have been through exactly what you have. No, it really is amazing. Just the outpouring of, of support you'll get from absolute strangers. Yeah. Claire, what are some parting words that you would leave? Maybe a message of hope um, or inspiration for our listeners. I would just say, you know, if you're in the early stages, just keep going uh, because it's so, so difficult in the beginning, but the results are tenfold. I mean, I would sit and cry through cravings and, uh, the other month I had a crying, like epiphany of happiness about where my life is right now. So like, it's worth it. Like it will change your life and reach out, reach out to me, reach out to find your local AA, reach out to anybody. Um, We are there for you. 
We will link Claire's contact info and info about Rehab Barbie in today's show notes as well. Claire, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. Let's keep in touch, my friend. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening today, friends. Hopefully you heard something that resonates with you. And if we help just one person, our job is done. Make sure you check today's show notes for all the information discussed in the episode and how to connect with our guest. And as always, check us out at thesobrietydiaries.com, youtube.com slash Kelly, and on Instagram at thesobrietydiariespod. Please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show, friends. It truly helps other people to find the show. And in turn, we can help more people. Until next Wednesday, try your best not to drink and be good to yourselves. Bye, everyone.